in 86. N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. Didn't you say you wanted me to call you Young T? Yeah, I did say that Yeah, in the mic check. <laughs> okay. My name is Tanner. My friends call me, call me T. Not young T. I am one hungry young dog. <laughs> okay. I'm cool like a penguin, slick like a tuxedo. All right, so that's my friend T. Yeah. The guy who's a hungry young dog. That's how you know him. Right. Oh, wait, the guy's cool like a penguin? Yeah. Slick like a tuxedo? Yeah. Oh, man. Someone should hook him up. Yeah, with a juicy enchilada. Gooey. <laughs> yeah, juicy sounds gross. Gooey enchilada. Oh, I don't know if I can record in this t-shirt. What do you mean? I just I'm looking over at you and I know that you're wearing the same sweet sweet Christie's Crushers. Yeah, we're matching. We're wearing matching ringer tee. Ringer tees. Yeah. Both of them say Christie's Crushers on the front. Yeah. Mine says Tanner 04 on the back. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Yours says Jack 07 on the back. We're performatively wearing them for each other. I think that's fun. Oh man, I hope Tanner sees me in the same t-shirt that he has that we're both wearing that we coordinated to wear together to record this audio podcast. I think we should wear them every week. Well, you look good. I look fat. You look good, man. You got a little paunch. You look fat. I look bald. Yeah. What better duo to talk about the classic <laughs> novel? A fat old novels man for young and a bald girls. old man. <laughs> yeah. Which one is it? The fat old man or the bald old man? <laughs> uh, it's the one who... Uh, Eats gooey enchiladas like a young dog. <laughs> a hungry young dog? <laughs> yeah. Uh, did we read a book this week? We I can't remember. Um, which brings me to my next point, which is, hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, uh, a podcast in which a fat old man a and a bald old hungry man. Hungry young dog. <laughs> a hungry young dog. That's going to make no sense without the mic check. <laughs> Look, man, you got to go you got to go with what's happening. You got to go with what feels right. You got that Taco Bell commercial from 2000 yeah. stuck in my brain. Yep. And now that's that's It's been stuck in with. my brain for 17 years, Jack. <laughs> it's like the ring. Yeah. I had to show it to someone else. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'll be free of it now. Does that mean I'm going to, within seven days, have to eat a gooey and chorito? <laughs> yeah, and that's going to be tough because I'm pretty sure they don't sell them anymore. Oof. And you're vegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not gooey with Daya vegan cheese. No, absolutely not. Um, a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard. I, Tanner Greenring. Talk about the classic novels of Princeton's own and Matthews Martin, author of The Sitter's Cycle. Yeah, and, we're on and known saint, known saint, right? Possible princess, may or may not be a princess, unlikely, and the very first of her name. Oh, I doubt that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner, this book is book number forty-nine yep. in the Babysitters Club series. Yep. This episode, we got over the hump. There was a hump. Yep. We are more than halfway to a hundred episodes now. That's and that's the end goal. That's the hump. Yeah. And next episode will mean that we have been out in the world for a year, full year, 52 weeks in a year. (laughs) That was me choking on how unbelievable that is. (laughs) You weren't listening, were you? (laughs) No, I was. I recall with warm fondness when we launched this show. Yeah. 
Back when we thought Stony Brook was in Long Island. Don't bring it up. <laughs> Stony Brook is in Connecticut. It's always been in Connecticut. Yeah. Hey, Baby Nation. Hey, Baby Nation. Yeah, Baby Nation. I love and cherish all of you. Yeah. And I kiss and cherish all of you. Stony Brook's made up. Yeah. Who cares what the fuck it is? Get off my hide. Yeah. Hey, Baby Nation, you know where Stony Brook is? Fucking nowhere. Stony Brook is in our collective hearts and minds. I just, I'm sick of catching shit for it, you know? Yeah. I wish that when people originally corrected us on thinking that Stony Brook is in Long Island once in one episode. Right. Episode one. No, about ten times. Ten, at least ten times in one episode. Yeah. That was dedicated to these books, which we didn't take as seriously as we later would. Right. I wish people, instead of just saying, it's not in Long Island, had said, Stony Brook is in an alternate universe. Right. And it's built on an ancient burial ground. And or a beehive. And or a fucking beehive. It would have saved us a lot of time getting to bee theory on our own. Yeah. It's so pedantic to say it's not in Long Island. Right. Especially given the larger truth here. Which I guess is what, for new baby bees, the last 50 episodes have been about exploring. Right. You know it would be a pretty wild ride, Baby Nation? If you're new to Baby Nation, start here and work your way back. And just see where the journey takes you. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's good. You would hear all this pretty wild shit, and then you would get to the synthesis of it. Yeah. At the very beginning. That's how Jackie Radowski lives his life. New baby bees. <laughs> it's not fun. to think about. I don't recommend it. This week, Tanner, we read a book about babysitter. Known babysitter. Lifelong babysitter. Professional babysitter, Claudia Kishi. That book was called... Claudia and the Genius of Elm Street. Right. Got it out? What do you think? Did I, what did I think of the book? Yeah. You have the, the way you said it. No, I'm not asking for compliments. You said it very well. Yeah, thank you. Well spoken. Yeah. This week we read a book called Claudia and the Genius of Elm Street. And it was... Is it okay if I talk? Sure, man. Okay. I liked it. Okay. You talk. <laughs> do you know how to do conversations? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a lot of permission asking. Okay. And it's also not a lot of just straight up interrupting. Yeah, I just one wanted guy. your approval. Yeah, okay, good. Did one... you like what I said? Yeah, it was fine, man. Thank you. I, you know what, actually? Can I give you a note? Did you ever write a book report in high school? Yeah. Did you write just, I liked it? No. Dear Mrs. Teacher, Yep. I liked it. I liked it. Sincerely, Love Tanner. Tanner. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Well, that's not how we do it. What we do here is we like to dig a little bit into the text. I liked it is a good jumping off point. But we need to go a little deeper. How about... Shoveling <laughs> oh, beer everywhere. How about, as a way of easing into that, we describe the book for our listeners? Oh, so they can decide whether or not they liked it. Yeah. Love that idea. Okay, good. So I'm going to summarize the book, and then just to make sure we got everybody, Tanner's going to summarize the book as well. All right, buddy? Why don't I start? Just no notes this week. Nothing. You didn't take any notes this Nothing. week? So why did you go home to get your phone? I told you not to go get I your took, phone. I took six notes. Baby Nation. They're all just burns. Baby Nation, <laughs> Tanner left his phone at home today. Something I've never done before and was very off-putting. And it was like a magical day for me. Yeah. We went to lunch. Yeah. Just chatted. Yeah. Looking at each other. Ugh. Talking. I would say something. You would respond. Ugh. You would listen. Occasionally sort of frantically look around. Right. Like a deer in the headlights to find some way of getting out of it, but not have anything in your pocket and just come right back to me. Right. And, you know, talked it out. Yeah. 
And then you said that you needed to get your phone because you had your notes on them and you have no notes. Now I'm just using it to tweet. Do me the courtesy of not fucking being on Twitter. What's that? Okay. Okay, do me the courtesy of at least being silent while I describe this book. Can you handle that? Do my best. I'm going to begin now. Seven-year-old Rosie Wilder is gifted. She can dance and sing and play the piano, just as her ambitious and demanding parents have raised her to do. But Rosie has another gift, a gift so strange and so unique that she doesn't dare to reveal it to anyone for fear that they won't understand it. 13-year-old Claudia Kishi is gifted as well. She doesn't have any of the normal talents that Rosie has, She can't even spell or do math, let alone dance and sing. But she does share Rosie's secret gift. And when these two girls, opposite in every way except for one, are thrown together by chance, the only question that remains is whether Claudia can teach Rosie to use her secret gift before it destroys her and everyone around her. Claudia and the genius of Elm Street. Gifts. Yep. Okay, so you heard what? You heard one of the words that I repeated? Gifts. Yep. She has gifts. She has gifts. Not gift. Yep, but she has one special gift. I'm not going to repeat what I said, because I know you're looking at your phone. I know you didn't hear it. Gifts. Yep, she's gifted. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to ask you what she you thought. She has many gifts. Yes, I she's said a, that. She's a talented young woman. Yes, as I expressed. Right. She's like the opposite of us. Right, and Claudia. Right. Who has one gift. Art. Art. Right. You and I are talentless old men. You know what? You do have a gift for, Tanner. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, something of a gift. Yeah. Okay. How about this? Amongst the people who have described at least 40 or 50 Babysitter's Club books yeah. within 60 seconds, yeah. you are one of the very most gifted. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Thank you. Yeah. Let's try one more time. You put a lot of pressure on me <laughs> yeah. this time. Okay. Oh, God. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm going to put 60 seconds on, <laughs> on the stopwatch yeah. here, Tanner. <laughs> I'm just so nervous. Look, it's just you and me, man. Yeah. All right. I'm just so nervous. Okay. Take that nervous energy. <laughs> put it into your description. I'm going to hit start, and then it, when I get to 60, we're going to stop. You ready? Yeah. Uh, I'm Tanner Greenring. Unique New York. Uh Ready? Start now. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to the Babysitter's Club. Club. My name is Tanner Green. Uh, this book was about Claudia. She is a young girl. She lives in Stony Brook, Connecticut. She's a babysitter. She's good at art. She starts babysitting for a new young charge named Rosie something. Um, not Perez, but something like it. Mm-hmm. She is... Uh, genius, this Rose, this young Rosie, she's multi-talented. She is very um, good at acting and dancing and singing and uh, math and everything. Um, she all, but her true passion is art. One day she sees Claudia painting junk food and she decides she wants to paint junk food too. And then Claudia holds a um, gallery opening in her garage to show off her junk food paintings and Rosie shows off some junk food paintings too and Rosie goes to her parents and says... Mr. and Mrs. Perez, I'm not really into any of the stuff you make me do, including going on a bad public access show called Mr. Dandy. I'd rather just do art. Yeah, You know how you did. Very good. Describe the entire plot of this book in 60 seconds. 
flawlessly. Name one thing I missed. Uncle Dandy's star search? Said it right at the end. Okay. Got it in there right at the end. Okay. Uh, the girl is awful. Who? Rosie? Rosie. No, she's misunderstood. Intolerable. She's Frankenstein's monster. She's awful. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay. She's like Frankenstein's monster. She's just misunderstood. Okay. It's weird to be sitting here in matching shirts. I know. I told you that already. I said this to you. Okay, but I don't have another shirt. This is what I came in. <laughs> you want me to take mine off? Just do whatever you want. <laughs> it feels weird to me too, man. It's distracting. Yeah. Baby Nation, we're both wearing cool Christie's Crusher shirts. Right. It, you it probably saw great. us tweet it three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, wear it. Keep wearing it. Yeah. Um, I didn't miss anything. I got it all. You got it all. Okay, fine. Well, let's dig in then. She's not a monster. That's the whole point of this book, Jack. She's an incredible speller. She makes it to the Crossroads finale at Stony Brook Elementary School, something I didn't know was a thing. Mm -hmm. And she wins, and all of her third grade classmates, in fact, the whole school, makes fun of her, and she goes to Marianne afterward, and she's like... That school should win a fucking award for the shit that it does for its children. Yeah. Like, they have Author's Day, where all of the top children's authors in the world right. come to listen and judge the kids' book reports. Right. And then the next week they're like, oh, sorry, authors, uh, you're long forgotten right? because we're having a school-wide, well-attended crossword competition right. for all the crossword fiends when, in the elementary school. When I was in sixth grade, uh-huh. um, some rude dudes came and did some BMX and rollerblade tricks in front of the whole school. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was really fun. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. That's just what it's like growing up in Colorado, you know? A lot of rude dudes come through and do rad BMX tricks. In my high school, the monk who taught our religion, history of religion class yeah, um, had been in correspondence with Ezra Pound Okay, um, and showed us some of the letters that he and Ezra Pound wrote to each other. Like in the auditorium? <laughs> just kind of sat in front of everyone and was like, here's my correspondence with Ezra Pound. Yes, very much so. His name was Father James. Yeah. Very interesting. They had talked about some of the intricacies of theory about religion. Ezra Pound had really softened by that time. Right. Was Ezra Pound the, the gay one, or was that Oscar Wilde? Y- y- yes. <laughs> <laughs> the latter. Okay. I just wondered if maybe Father... What's, what was his name? Father James. If his correspondence got kind of saucy. <laughs> no, it was very dry. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to share something with you. Yeah. I was trying to share something with you. Yeah. I was right there with you, man. Okay. I was excited about it. Good. Cool. Jack had this, like, chill, gay, monk teacher who was in a relationship with Ezra Pound. That sounds really cool. Great. You could write a book about that. Okay, maybe I will. My Nights with Ezra. <laughs> a Pound of Flesh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's like a true history erotic fan fiction. Mm-hmm. of modernist poets right. in their twilight years. And, and monks. Catholic boy school monks. Yep. Good. Teachers. We got there. Listen, this has nothing, <laughs> anyway, this has very little to do with this novel. Now that we've announced our new podcast, yeah. <laughs> A Pound of Flesh, <laughs> we should probably get back to our old podcast. Yep. Something about babysitting. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> um. Let's see, Tanner. Kind of scrolling through my notes here. I want to pick something uh, easy for us both to dig into. Something juicy. Something juicy. A juicy, tender nugget for us to sink our 
canines into. Do you want to talk about Walter Benjamin's The Work of Art in the Age of Mechanical Reproduction and its relation to this novel by Anne Matthews Martin in conjunction with Peter Luganis? Is that his name? <laughs> Greg Luganis, the <laughs> Olympic swimmer? What's the name of the guy who wrote the book with her? The author gratefully acknowledges Peter Larangis. Larangis. In his help in preparing this manuscript. Yeah, that's how we know, Anne. That's how we know that you had a little help. I think Pete just came in and infused a little humor into the books. Claudia yeah. was, was all of a sudden very um, self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. She was making fun of herself a lot. She recognized who she was and what she was. Right. You know, she's a... What's the most delicate way to say this? Yeah, not very smart. Yeah. In a world full of... Intellectually able. Like, super able. Yeah. People. Well, so she is a sister who's a genius. Right. And we thought, Tanner and I, <laughs> little did we know, right. we thought the genius of Elm Street was going to be Janine, the Janineus. Yeah, I don't like it. I thought of it earlier, and yeah. I was like, maybe I could deploy it. Yeah. Just kind of threw it out there. Yeah. What I do don't you think? like it. The Janineus. Yeah. It's we're it's it's got a, it's clumsy, uh-huh. and also Janine's bad. Uh, so, the work of art in the age of mechanical reproduction. Love it, as you know. You hooked me. I love that we talked about we talked about Bart recently. Simpson. <laughs> no. Don't have a cow, man. Bart. I caramba. No. And now we're talking about Benjamin. So we're doing we're doing oh, it. Oh, love Ben Hamin. We're doing early lit crit. Love Ben Hamin. We've got a little little Marxist lit crit today. Um the so this book is a book that is about art criticism. Is it not, my friend? Yeah, it is. Claudia ben, makes some art. Here's here's a song I made up about Ben Hamin. No, that's not. You probably read Ben Hamin, 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 Hamin. Hope you like Hamin too. Good, good. So you know, you know, ben the, you know the guy. Yeah, you know ben the guy. Hamin, Listen, Hamin, let's not belabor Hamin, this point. I hope you like Hamin. Something that Claudia deals with that is a problem for her mm. is and that we've talked about before is this idea of authenticity, of being authentic and figuring out how to be authentic in a world of people who just copy each other and copy from culture. <laughs> and how interesting! How interesting that you bring this up, yeah. given that Claudia. Does this series of paintings in this book, which I, I assume is what you're referencing? Yep. Called the the digestible comestibles. D- no, digestible the, comestibles. Hang on, the disposable disposable comestibles. It's got a great fucking title. Disposable. So she holds she she puts on this art show. Yeah. Good. In the last two thirds of this book, called mm-hmm. the disposable comestibles, mm-hmm. where she has done a series of still life paintings of. Junk food. junk food. Yep. An idea that she arrived on when at the beginning of the book she decided to. Directly copy Andy right. Warhol. Yes, exactly. Exactly, right? Yeah. She sees a documentary on Andy Warhol. Right. And then she copies Warhol, which to me is the most brilliant artistic expression. She is taking what Warhol does, right. recontextualizing it. Right. By doing it again. I'm going to look up a quote real quick. Okay. Great. That's That'll be fun for our conversation. The thing that Ben Hamin talks about in the work of art in the age of mechanical reproduction is this worry that is a worry that Warhol himself is directly addressing. How do you have authenticity in art when the physical presence of art in one place as one object no longer has meaning? When you can just 
run off a bunch of prints or take a photograph or have something that is essentially the exact same as the oil painting reprinted over and over and over again as Warhol was exploring and as Claudia brilliantly explores here a second time by literally redoing Warhol but with the context of the 80s instead of the context of the 60s. Can I read you? In some I, ways, what Claudia is doing can is I pitch a better. Quote? Can I pitch a quote at you? Okay. To imitate is shoddy. Okay. And to steal mm-hmm. is praiseworthy. Yeah. You know who said that? T.S. Eliot. Tanner Greenring. <laughs> I said okay. that just now. Okay, you're making a joke. Yeah. You're making a joke because you stole it from T.S. Eliot, yeah. didn't you? I stole it from T.S. Eliot. Yeah. Okay. But that's what makes me such a great wordsmith. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's and this beautiful way with words. Yeah. Okay. So there are some interesting things in this book. Claudia? I'm glad that I had to look it up on quoteinvestigator.com. Mm-hmm. I'm pleasantly pleased. Mm-hmm. Pleasantly pleased. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how you say that. That's, that a, that's a Green Ring original. T.S. Eliot. <laughs> yeah. Did you not know that it no. was T.S. Eliot? <laughs> I thought it was Andy Warhol. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people. I think that quote that. is often attributed to Andy Warhol. Yeah, it's Elliot. Yeah. Um, okay, good. So Claudia does these cool pop art junk food pieces that are a brilliant commentary on art in the age of mechanical reproduction, among other things, uh, about authenticity. Is it just cheap copying to redo Andy Warhol? To yes. take his concept and redo it? Yes. Or. By redoing it, is it a clever nod at his own project in the first place? And she's doing it better. Is she doing it better? Because she has him. Is she doing it better? All Andy Warhol had as context was sort of the rise of technology and consumerism. Claudia has this context. That plus Andy Warhol. (laughs) Okay, great. Yeah. It's like our show. Yes. All Anne had. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Was. Yeah. Babysitting? Girls who babysit. Yeah. <laughs> and all we have is yeah. girls who babysit plus Anne. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's good. Right. Yeah. Anne was good. like a booster rocket. Yeah, exactly. And we're like the space shuttle. Yeah. Yeah. Launching exactly. its payload into the heavens. Yeah. It's beautiful. Sure. Now yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. You're welcome, Anne. Um, good. All right. sh- yeah. And your books would be nothing without us. No, exactly. They would be lost to history. You think anyone gives a shit about these books? Nobody no. Nobody fucking knows. No one knows these books. Nobody knows the Babysitter's Club. These books were nothing until yeah. the Babysitter's Club Club came along. Yeah. I imagine a lot of Baby Nation. Can you Nation. call that? That felt really mean. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anne. I love you. Everyone loves your books. We're nothing. We're, we're in the shadow of Titans. I am sure that a lot of Baby Nation say nowadays when they're talking to each other, Right. Sitting in their smoking room, smoking their cigars. Yep. Shooting the shit after another great, great app. After a long night of billiards. They'll, one of them, to... one of the more knowledgeable of them. Yeah. Maybe who's a little older, been around a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit more educated, will turn to the other and say, Did you know that these podcasts that we enjoy actually have an antecedent? Yeah. And, the, and your, what were their names? Caden? Uh, she, yeah. K- Kayla. Kayla and Michaela. Michaela and. Lakeland. Lakeland. And you're Michaela in this. I'm Michaela. So you're Michaela. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you you turn to me, Lakeland. Yeah. And you say. And I say. Lakeland, my dear, 
<laughs> I don't like the voice. Okay. Lakeland? Yeah. No. Lakeland? Yeah. Lake- Lakeland. Lakeland, my dearest, we've known each other for a long time. <laughs> and we, our relationship has been forged in the fire of the Babysitter's Club, Club <laughs> podcast, as you know, as you know. <laughs> Why all this exposition? We know this. <laughs> but while we are doing exposition, we're from the future. Did you know? Of the Babysitter's Club. When it snows, Club. my eyes become white <laughs> and the light in your eyes can Lakeland. be seen. Lakeland. Lakeland. Baby, <laughs> I compare you to a kiss on the rose on the grave. Lakeland, please stop. I just engaged <laughs> in the national anthem. I think you were obligated to sing along with me. <laughs> I'm very sorry. <laughs> Our country's national anthem. <laughs> you need to remove your hat. Uh, we say- <laughs> Look, let me just get this out, Lakeland, for the love of yeah. God. And then we will sing the national anthem right. again, as we always do at the end of every conversation. Right. Just breaking in here. This is Tanner again. I like to kind of create a rich world. <laughs> you know, where... Like, what happened? Why is Seal's Kiss from a Rose suddenly the national anthem? What cause that it could have been anything you know? Lakeland these podcasts are based on books mm. by Anne Matthews Martin books you say <laughs> yes I didn't know what it was either yeah again this is Tanner breaking in uh, like in this alternate future like books have kind of died out you're not really sure what they are like, like what, what does that mean book Lakeland Lakeland you just went silent for a moment ah uh, yes Will you join me in a rendition of our country's national anthem? <laughs> Baby, I can bear you to a kiss from a rose on the grave. <laughs> and see. What a disturbing vision of the future we just got there. <laughs> yeah. New baby beasts. Yeah. <laughs> we're certainly not going to tell you why you're bees. And we are most certainly not going to give you any context. because no, we don't have any. <laughs> that was mostly nonsense. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, suffice it to say, th- this podcast is based on actual books. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I uh, guess. Oof. And now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, a dilly dilly, my lord. (laughs) Oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, Better help, uh, where we help evil betters to um, make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, like, for instance, I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store, so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly. 
um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. They're online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. Um, and in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. Well, that was unexpected. Visit from Lakeland and Michaela. Yep. From the the, the distant di- future. Distant, distant future. Where we all praise two things. Yep. The Babysitter's Club Club podcast. Yep. And, and our Lord and Savior. Seal. Seal. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> it seems like a pretty good world. Yeah, really. It's nice to know that things turn out okay. Right. Yeah. Speaking of troubling dystopian futures tanner not interested in the news jack (laughs) (sighs) do you want to talk about janine kishi janine kishi claudia's sister yeah and maybe explain a little context for newish listeners Mm. that there is abundant evidence in these texts that janine kishi is genius Janine Kishi, who is a super genius, the yeah. smartest person ever in existence, probably mm-hmm. is, and there's a lot of strong evidence in these books. Yep, in the process of, and maybe has already achieved mm-hmm. perfect sentient artificial intelligence. That's right. Janine Kishi has been building since the beginning of these novels a sentient AI, who we believe is Claudia Kishi. Strong evidence. Strong evidence. Can't say for sure, but we can say for sure that Janine Kishi is building a sentient AI. Right. What we can't say for sure is that her vision has been realized in Claudia Kishi. Yeah, we can't say that for sure. I, as ever, when I read a Claudia book that features Janine, look for more evidence from Anne. Right. Or from Peter Luganus. Larangus. Peter Larangus, or whoever happens to be under the thrall of Anne at this moment. Right. It's never going to be Peter Lucanus, because that's someone you just made up. Uh huh. I look for evidence that our theory about Janine building a sentient AI yeah. is true. Right. Did you capture anything? As did I. Capture the evidence? I didn't. In this novel? I didn't. I kind of forgot about AI theory. Uh huh. Um, but I'm titillated at the prospect. Okay. That you managed to to get something down. Great. Let me, Tanner, read you a passage. Jackie, take the wheel. Okay. As previously mentioned in this very podcast, yep. there's a crossword competition. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, Rosie Wilder takes part in the, in the competition. At some point, she has difficulty 
with the crossword clues. So much so that Claudia is unable to help her, and she needs to call Janine surprise, surprise. to help. Oh, Claudia didn't know what a 11-letter word for dinosaurs that starts with A-P. Apatosaurus. Duh, Claudia. Oh. What else is it going to be? Go okay. back to dinosaur school. But the first clue, Tanner, yeah. that she has trouble with, that causes Claudia to call Janine over to help is the following clue. This is a hard one, Rosie said, sitting down. Let's see. Fifteen down. A three-toed sloth. Two letters. What's that? Tanner, what is a two-letter word for a three-toed sloth? I don't know, but I can tell you what Janine told Rosie. Okay. A two-letter word for three-toed sloth was. Okay. Did you? Because you just looked it up? No, I remember. You remember. AI. A. I. Which doesn't sound right. <laughs> We're probably going to have to consult one of our monkey scientists. <laughs> and we, Baby Nation, we have a lot of fucking monkey scientists. Yeah, they came out of the fucking woodwork. Yeah, and I'm not just talking about the monkey scientists we've already referenced. Right. Many eminent monkey scientists have contacted monkey us. Monkey scientists of Baby Nation. Yeah. Reach out to us. Yeah. Tell us whether... A sloth is a monkey. A, a sloth is a monkey. <laughs> which I suspect it is. Yep. Two, yep. whether a sloth is an AI, I don't really, I didn't really follow the logic. It's a maned sloth from Brazil, Tanner. An I. Why would Anne include that? An, why would Anne include that? And why would she have Janine Kishi, yeah. of all people, come over to say AI? Claudia's like, does not compute. I need Janine to come over. And Janine comes over and she just goes, AI. Right. And, okay, thanks, Anne. We thanks, get it. Anne. We fucking get it. Yeah. Uh, the other two crossword clues, Tanner? Yep. Apatosaurus. <laughs> Apatosaurus was one of the answers. A dinosaur. Dinosaur. Duh, Anne. Anne. <laughs> Why don't you just bash us over the head with Anne? It's <laughs> getting a little obvious lately. Dinosaurs, one of the factions. Still difficult for us to tease apart exactly what they are. We know they're chaotic. It's tough. We know it's, they're... Tough. it's a tough one. She's only given us, it's a bread trail, you know, yeah. breadcrumb trail. She's only given us little, little bits at a time. Yep. You kind of just have to follow it down. It's like bread theory. Right. In a lot of ways. Yep. Which doesn't even have a breadcrumb trail. No, weirdly. Bread theory is just that it's, it's right it there is, on the page. It's bread. It's all bread. That's it. It's all you need to know. Yep. I thought you said you had a good vocabulary, Rosie remarked. How about 23 across? Jurassic giant, 11 letters beginning with A-P. Apatosaurus. Yep. Dinosaur. Duh. The other one. 15 across, Ansel Blank. Adams. American photographer. Art in the age of mechanical reproduction. Great. Tanner. Yeah. Photography. Sure. That is what sets off this crisis. Okay. I'm waiting for you to bring it home with the bread theory. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with the bread. It has to do with the overarching theme of this novel, which is about how can you create authentic art when art can be reproduced, as Ansel Adams is probably the most shining early example of, one of the great photographers. Yes. He took pictures of mountains. I think. Nature's art. That what Anne and what Janine is saying is that Claudia is not just a piece of code that can be infinitely distributed in manifold different ways. Huh. Each individual piece of art it's its own unique thing, has its own unique meaning in the context of the time and place that it is in. 
much like Claudia's series, The Disposable Comestibles, right. even though it's a direct copy of something that she saw in an Andy Warhol documentary, right. has its own meaning because of context. It's in Claudia's garage. It's not in the factory in the 60s. It's in Claudia's garage in the 80s. Okay. That, but that seems worse. <laughs> <laughs> Where would you rather be, Tanner? I would rather be in the West Village in art s- scene in the 1960s, hanging out with a bunch of like chill ass, like modern artists, like smoking hash and Ugh. like reading poetry. Then in a suburban garage in the 1980s the, with a bunch of girls. That is not what you would be doing. You would be doing like line upon line of coke and having intense social anxiety. In the 80s. In the 60s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not in Claudia's garage. <laughs> <laughs> you think Coke is pretty free-flowing in Stony Brook. <laughs> it's easy to get your hands on. Look, we don't know that. Um, but we do, We are, while we're talking about art criticism. That's not true, man. Okay. I hang out with artists. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I hang out with you. Okay. You're an artist. You're a podcasting artist. Thank you. Yeah. You're a podcasting artist as well. Thank you. Yeah. And I don't have intense social anxiety. You like literally were freaking out tonight. about wearing. <laughs> you literally were freaking out about wearing a t-shirt in front of me earlier. Um, listen, we're talking about art. Let's talk about the the art critic. Oh, in sure. This book the man in tweed. Yeah, the man who comes to was he wearing tweed corduroy? I don't remember. He was described as something. This dude is fucking great. Uh, what's his name? I don't think he has. He a doesn't name. have a name. He's just described as the man in tweed. Fortunately, my attention was taken away from Alan. Alan Gray comes and tries to fuck up the art show. Something we should also talk about. By a man in a tweed coat. Yeah, he's just the man in a tweed coat. This dude is fucking awesome. Here's what he says. He walks into this garage. This dude is the fucking bomb. He walks into this garage. He's like in suburban Connecticut. Right. He's probably like an art agent. <laughs> Like, he's looking to sign some young talent. This is literally a thing that happens in this book. He walks, like, down to the cul-de-sac that Claudia lives on. They're, like, Jackie Radowski and David Michael are, like, riding their tricycles outside. Right. And, like, David Gray's running around, like, (laughs) with his finger sticking out of his fly, being like, Boner! (laughs) Alan Gray. Right. What did I say? David Gray. (laughs) Satellite. (laughs) No, that's David Matthews. (laughs) Uh, hang on hang on i've got it i've got it um fuck fuck i'm pretty sure satellite is david gray Uh, in your heart oh yeah 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 So anyway, that guy came. Anyway, he's walking through his suburban. David Gray, <laughs> singer-songwriter of the 1990s. He's wearing a, he's wearing a tweed coat. <laughs> he's just humming to himself. He's like, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> anyway, this fucking dude walks by. He's wearing a tweed coat. He's like, there's a garage and there are some 13-year-old girls in it. And they seem to be having some kind of an event. He walks in. He sees that there are, like, a few paintings of junk food wrappers on the wall. Right. And he turns to Claudia and, apropos of nothing, just says, 
Well, I was wandering by and I saw your sign, and I must say your work has an indescribable simplicity and taste. Truly an example of form following function, rather in the style spawned from the era that brought us the Bauhaus and the Dadaists. Right. And then Claudia. Stupid Claudia. Like, Claudia? Claudia. Claudia? Your one thing is art. And Claudia's like, duh, I don't know what that means. And then she says in a parenthetical, I later found out that what he said made no sense anyway. Which is utter fucking bullshit. No, Claudia, guess yeah. what? That makes sense. The era that he's talking about is the modernist era, which spawns Bauhaus and the Dadaist. Right. Bauhaus is a font. F- form of art. It, it is a font. Sure. What were you going to say? Bauhaus is a form of art. It's also a band. Oh, okay. They have the hit song. Goth industrial song. Bella Lugosi's Dead, which I will not sing here for you now. Okay. It is a... Quickly Google song satellite. I'm trying to tell you something, though. December. Baby Nation is a sign that Tanner has stopped paying attention to me. Uh, If I couldn't see it from the fact that he's just completely lost in his phone, is he mumbles the word disambiguation. (laughs) It's just deep in some Wikipedia. I hope it's for the Bauhaus, the band. They're fucking sweet, dude. David Matthews band. Dave, Dave, Dave. (laughs) I already told you that that's what Satellite is. Yeah. It was also a P.O.D. song and a Guster song. Guster. 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 Listen, Tanner. Yeah. Bauhaus is a form of art that is deeply concerned with the intersection of art and technology, specifically reproduction, reproducing art. How do we live in a world where art is reproduced and reproducible? And one unique piece of art is no longer meaningful. On the other side of that, another thing that has spawned from modernism, as this fucking awesome dude, David Gray, says, <laughs> is that is Dada. your heart. Right? Let go of your head. Let go of your fucking heart. That's what Dadaism is, It's where you sign a urinal, right? Yes, exactly. Well, yes, that's Duchamp comes out of that. And Duchamp and his ready-mades and the urinal is coming at the problem of art in the age of mechanical reproduction from the exact opposite direction as Andy Warhol. It's a fucking brilliant statement that this dude is making, Mm. this fucking David Gray. Just right over Claudia's head. And she's just like, none of those words mean anything. Yeah. Claudia. I mean, technically, Dadaism doesn't mean anything. That was kind of the point. Oh, maybe that's what she was saying. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. She's like, that's nonsense. Yeah. And Duchamp's bust forms in the clouds above her like Mufasa. <laughs> yeah. And looks down at her and is like, mm, <laughs> yes, Claudia. You uh, understand. Oh, they would get along, wouldn't they? <laughs> Good. Um, we've talked about David Gray. Do you want to talk about Alan Gray? <laughs> yeah, I that, guess. That's a dude who, Alan Gray is a dude who let go of his head. <laughs> oh, man. Let go of his heart, he let go of his head. Yeah. Yeah. Save Babylon. And then you know what he fucking did? Yeah. A lot of raucous shit is what he did. Yeah. He is an agent of chaos, that yeah. dude. What a fucking badass. God, you know who Alan Gray is? He's Banksy. <laughs> that is exactly right. Like He's he came into Banksy. this art gallery showing, and he made his own like pirate renegade art that was like cops are bad, and hung it in <laughs> Claudia's art gallery. They started. Let me see. I wrote it down. Oh yeah, the people start going around and like they're looking at Claudia's like beautiful paintings of junk food, right? 
a la Andy Warhol, and they're making cool comments like, oh, this reminds me of the Bauhaus movement. Right. And then suddenly they come to this like piece of paper taped to the wall that has a drawing of uh, a terrible drawing of a grungy looking toothless man eating a candy bar. <laughs> he is smiling happily and saying, mmm, while the candy was flaking down his chin. <laughs> Fucking Alan Great. That was fucking awesome. And then a few moments later, um, Claudius like tried to take down all of this renegade pirate art. Yeah. And Al David Gray, the man in the tweed, yeah. comes <laughs> marching up to her holding one of his loafers in his hand. And is like, Oh really? Is this considered environmental art? <laughs> I don't find it amusing or appropriate. And it turns out that Alan Gray had turned the entire art gallery into a minefield of chewed bubblegum. What a fucking badass. Which is like a pretty bold... It's a bold artistic art statement. statement. Yeah. yeah. Look at all of you consuming these consumables. Right. And what you're going to have to do is navigate this minefield of pre-consumed... That's fucking brilliant. Oh. You've stepped in it, America. Right. Look at you now. Yeah. You would think that Tweedcoat would be... Yeah. Able, he wouldn't come out there and be like, it's neither amusing nor interesting. Yeah. He'd be like, here's my secret, Claudia Kishi. I am the artistic director of the Pompidou <laughs> in Paris, France, and I would like to show your creation there. Yeah. We're going to do a new exhibition called Let Go of Your Art. Oh! <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Let go of your art. Let go of your bread. <laughs> it's not about money. It's not about money. Let go of your art. Let go of your bread. Right. Just be in it. Step and gum sometimes. Step and gum. Good. Good. Great. We've done it, man. Jack. Yep. Alexander <laughs> Shepard. Mm-hmm. J-A-S. Jazz. Tanner Daniel Green. Did you have a... <gasps> God, that was fucking loud. You're going to wake my cats. Oh, but I love them. Yeah. I don't want to wake them. They're fine, man. They sleep all fucking day. This book was full of burns, man. It was Pete, full of sick our bud burns. Pete Larangis, yeah, came in, yeah, script doctor, yeah, yeah, punched up this already brilliant manuscript, yeah, by Saint Anne, yeah. He came in, he was like, "I love what you're doing here, Anne, yeah, but what I've done is I've gone through and I've allowed Claudia to poke fun at herself every now and then." So most of the burns that I captured this week were self burns, yeah, by Claudia. Claudia, by Claudia for Claudia. Um, may I read one to you now? Yeah. Janine is only a junior in high school, but they ran out of classes hard enough for her, so she's taking courses at a local college. Me? I'm 13 and in 8th grade. I have a hard enough time with normal classes. The first time I heard Janine mention calculus, I thought she was talking about a Roman emperor. <laughs> <laughs> she's not too far off. She's thinking about Caligula. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like a very like yeah. self-aware, pretty good burn, That's Claudia. That's very good. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. Good I liked job, it. Bernia. I called her Bernia. <laughs> good job, Claudia. <laughs> uh, 
that's good, man. She know she gets it. She gets it. And you know what? Also, this is why you know that Pete is writing this and not Anne, because Anne is, as we know, very capable of constructing and deploying an excellent fucking burn. Right. I've but, been doing this for fifty episodes. Of course, yeah, she is. Yeah, she's amazing at it. But she is also first and foremost true to her characters, and for that joke to work, Claudia needs to know about the Roman Emperor Caligula, a.k.a. Little Boots. Right. And there's no way <laughs> uh-huh. that she knows who Caligula is. Right. He was the one who did all the bad stuff. No, that was Nero. Oh, right. Caligula did all the also bad stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was pretty rough in Rome for a while. Baby Nation, <laughs> a lesson for us all. And they came out fine, right? Yeah, we're still talking about Rome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We are still talking about it. 2017. Yeah. The 100 years from now, Michaela and Lakeland are going to be like, remember Rome? No. No. <laughs> remember America? No. I remember the music video from Batman Returns. <laughs> yeah. For, um. Yeah. Seals Kiss from Seals Rose. from Kiss from Rose on Grave. Yeah. yeah. I certainly remember that. <laughs> That's all that remains to us. <laughs> I love this vision of the future where all that has survived the next four to eight years, hopefully just four, yeah. is our podcast yeah. and the music video for Seals, Kiss from a Rose on a Grave. And they've just built a society off of it. It could work. It works. Um, Tanner, did you have another cool Claudia self-burn? Because I really like that one. <laughs> no, I mean, I could. there was a million very good Claudia self-burns. And also, like, Rosie... Is this weird, like, robot girl? I've got some burns from her. Let's hear Let's hear one of yours. Okay, hang on. Uh, Rosie went into her room, and I plopped myself on the couch in the den. I was going to start my own homework, but I heard Rosie call out, Claudia? Yes, I answered, running down the hall to her room. When I came in, she looked up and asked, Do foxes hibernate? This girl is fucking seven. Do foxes hibernate? Uh, well, uh... Yes. I'm not sure, I said. She squinted at me as if she thought I was fooling her. Didn't you take third grade science, she asked. Uh, Yes, but did you pass it, (laughs) says Rosie. (laughs) Just dismisses her. Fucking call your fucking sister. Um, Oh, foxes do not hibernate. Wait, they don't? I just Googled it. Well, you sound like a real fucking dumbass now. I would have just assumed they did. They have dens. Yeah. I would hibernate if I had a... I guess I have a den and I don't hibernate. Why would you have a den if you didn't hibernate? Because you got to go it's to there fucking for. work, man. I have a den. They hunt rabbits in the winter. Huh. Okay. Baby Nation, we are nothing if not animal scientists on this podcast. Yeah. Now you know two things about animals. Monkeys smell like poop. Right. Foxes, Foxes do not hibernate. Don't hibernate. They have to go hunt food. Yeah. What better time to hunt food than when everything is standing out stark against white snowy backdrops no better time no better time i would say were i fox were i a fox yep that was a little subjunctive in there for you loved it and it makes sense right because i wouldn't say was i a fox in that context it would make no sense right so now we know don't participate in the death of the subjunctive it's important baby nation yeah um tanner did you cry this week no moving on uh, so it's been a good episode. Um, I feel like we hit a lot of our 
tent poles. We got Seal in there. We got yep. Janine and the AI stuff. Lakeland and Michaela. Lakeland and Michaela. So I guess we should just head home. I don't know. I have a tearful moment. Oh, okay. Jack? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did you cry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit. You had a... <gasps> I did. There was a moment that made me cry. I unexpectedly, because this wasn't a real cry-heavy book. We have to go back, Kate. No, you're way off. We have to go back. You're way off, and it's like, even if I wanted to explain it, it. Okay, I'm gonna read you the passage. I'm going to see if you can cry. But, like, you're not going to because you didn't have a tearful moment. You read this passage as well. It didn't do it for you. Try to get into the place of being this abused child. Great. Let me just layer in some tasteful, sad music right now. Okay. Let it play for a few seconds. Okay. Should I start now? Go. Okay. First, I told them I liked some of my activities, answered Rosie. Talking about her Really parents. breaking the mood. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She had to have a talk with her parents. Yeah. Google. You had me. Essentially and now abusing I'm out. her. Abu- the parents are abusing her. This is context. Got it all. First I told them... We'll pick up the music again. And... Now. Okay. First I told them I liked some of my activities, answered Rosie. But not all of them. Also, I told them I was doing too many things. And, you know... I said, when you do too much, you start to hate everything. That's fantastic, Rosie. It must have been hard to tell them that. What did they say? They kind of nodded. Then my mom asked what I wanted to do, and I told her I just needed more free time. I wanted to concentrate on the things I like. I told them I wanted to do one school thing, one performance thing, and one creative thing. And so I picked out my favorites. Math club, violin, and art classes. Art classes, I said. Will your parents let you? I'm still not sure. They said they'd talk things over with Mrs. Yu. That, uh, that's her agent. Yeah, it's not. Mrs. Yu is her talent agent. It's not you, Baby Nation. Yeah. Yep. Baby Nation. And. Okay. Back. Wait. Okay. Just. Okay. Just. What bring about? You, I'm bringing it in very okay. tastefully. The music. Here okay. It comes. Here it comes. Okay. I thought I'd talk things. They said they'd talk things over with Mrs. Yu. My you want to talent, talent, talent agent. I'll take it back. I'll take it My back. My talent agent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Here it comes. Okay. Swelling. (sighs) But I overheard my dad mention to my mom that there was this great art supply store where he works. That's a good sign, I said. Yeah. And if they say yes, and this is the fucking kicker. Yeah. Yeah. This is the part. It's really killing the tension. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, We'll go back into it. And if they say yes, I know the perfect art teacher. Rosie looked up at me with a hopeful looked up into the sky beyond her yeah. where David Gray <laughs> and Marcel Duchamp <laughs> and had Andy Warhol f- formed themselves, formed themselves into the clouds behind her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they looked he, down nodding he's shedding a single tear right yeah that's so beautiful yeah <laughs> <laughs> And Claudia's like, is it me? And she's like, no. She's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's you. Yeah. Like, go of your fucking head, Claudia. It's like, not go of you. your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Duchamp 
Gray and Warhol. Yeah. And we're all just kids from a road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. I hope I leave all of those things in. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tanner, you got anything else you want to talk Woo! about? Boy, do I. Yeah. I don't. No? Oh, here's the thing I want to mention before we wrap up, Tanner. Where are you looking up? Where are you looking at? Just texting this lady back. Why? Stop it. Stop it. Why? Literally, why would you? Because she's like trying to get my attention right now. She's like, oh, I've got your receipts you know, here. Where are you? You hey, know, are you here? I've got your receipts. You know who else is trying to get your attention right now? Me. Tanner. Hi. I am. I'm Tanner Greenring. <laughs> and I'm Jack Shepard. And this has been the Babysitter's Club. No, it's Club. Uh, this week we read book number 49. Maybe it was the fact that I couldn't picture Rosie, says Claudia Tanner, before you wrap up. Hmm. Most of the time when a new client calls, I automatically imagine what the children would be like. But when I tried to think of Rosie, I came up with a great big blank. Is that not terrifying? Claudia can see these children when they call, but this time she saw nothing. Both of those things are terrifying. Here's another thing I'm worried about. What? Rosie. Yes. Rose. Right. Kiss from a rose. <laughs> Fuck. Is that why they remember? Maybe. I just, like, I'm a little worried that we're, like, it feels like a little bit like we're in the Matrix. Wait, what are the lyrics? I walked right into that one, didn't I? He said it is, is we're just trying to wrap things up. Kiss from a rose. Lyrics. Okay. Baby. Mm-hmm. Baby. Mm-hmm. I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the gray. Rosie Wilder, Alan Gray. The more I get of you, the stranger it feels. Yeah. <laughs> now that your rose is in bloom, mm-hmm. the light hits the gloom on the gray. Okay. That grave is not in this song once. It's, it's the gray, huh? I guess. Okay, well, this is a book that's about Rosie Wilder and Alan Gray. Baby Nation? And we know that all that remains of human civilization a hundred years hence is a kiss from a rose on the gray. And the BSCC podcast, of which I have been this week, Jack Shepard. Yeah, Jack, you remain my power, (laughs) my pleasure, and my pain. And I have been Tanner Greenring. You're welcome. Uh, this week we read a book that was called Claudia and the Genius of Elm Street. Not Janine, not the Janinius. Stop it. Come on. It's good. I think it'll catch on. I don't think so. It's I think bad. it probably will. It's not the Janinius, Baby Nation. It's Rosie. I hope there's a member of Baby Nation out there whose name is Janine. Yeah. Who changes her Twitter handle to the Janinius. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You will have made it if that happens. Yeah. All right. Janinius, I'm looking at you right now. Right. I await your tweet, the Janinius. In the meantime, we've both been who we are. Say it. I've been Jack Shepard. I've been your power, your pleasure, your pain. (laughs) Tanner Greenman. Baby. (laughs) Satellite. (laughs) We're doing such good work. Yeah, good work. Good work. Um, listen, Tanner. Hello. 
Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you'd think the boys had just been invented. My name is Tanner. My Shit. friends c- call me T. Young, hungry, young dog <laughs> I be. I'm cool like a penguin, slick like a tuxedo. So hook me up with a gooey and chorito. <laughs> no, he doesn't say young twice. Please. Should I just find it? No, Tanner, Tanner, it's a mic check. You Googling completely defeats the purpose. We haven't even started recording. Taco Bell rap. That's pretty good. It's been stuck in my head since 2000. (laughs) My name is Tanner. My friends call me T. One hungry young dog I be. I'm cool like a penguin, slick like a tuxedo. So hook me up with that gooey and Chorito. What? (laughs) 